Then Jonah prayed unto the Lord his God out of the fish's belly and said, I cried by reason of my affliction to the Lord, and he heard me out of the belly of hell, cried I, and thou hear, heardest my voice. For thou hast cast me into the deep in the midst of the seas, and the floods compassed me about. All thy billows and thy waves passed over me. Then I said, I am cast out of thy sight, yet I will look again toward thy holy temple. The waters compassed me, even to the, even to the soul. The depth closed me round about. The weeds were wrapped about my head. I went down to the bottom of the, of the mountains. The earth with her bars was about me forever. At least to him it felt that way. We know it was only three days. Yet hast thou brought up my life from corruption, O Lord my God. Now there's a transition that happens here. Perhaps this should have been verse uh, chapter 1 all by itself. What happens is the uh, transitions uh, uh, into now from him describing his circumstance, describing uh, his condition, to now he's about to commence in prayer here, Brother Peter. Before now, he was just talking about the elements around him. He's telling him that he's been in the fish, uh, fish's belly for this period of time. He's saying, I'm about to cry out to God. And he's saying how he went down to the depths of hell. And this was the post-Noah time. So we understand that some of the waters, they say, were still covered. Some of the mountains were still covered under the uh, 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 the seas that covered some of the mountains. Excuse me. So this is what he's speaking of here. Now, bear witness to this, church. If you're in the habit of underlining or making notation in your Bible, just bear here on verse 7. Now he says, when my soul fainted. Now he's beginning his prayer here. He says, when my soul fainted within me, I remembered the Lord. Someone says, I remembered the Lord. Everybody, one more time. I remembered the Lord. Thank you so very much. And my prayer came in unto thee, in unto thy holy temple, Verse 8 says, they that observe lying, vanities forsake their, their own mercy, but I will sacrifice to thee with the voice of thanksgiving. I will pay that I have vowed. Salvation is of who? The Lord. Salvation is of who? The Lord. And the Lord spake unto the fish. Isn't that something? <laughs> God spoke to this fish. Tell me God can communicate. He says, listen here, fish. You know, spit this, you know, this guy. I don't know how he said it. I don't know what language he speak, but if I was to use my uh, imagination, I, you know, he says, look here, fish, spit that boy out. He didn't learn this lesson now. And the Bible says, as a result of the Lord speaking to the fish. Now, I, I got to just do this quickly. He didn't speak to Jonah here. He didn't speak directly to Jonah at all. You know, this was Jonah that had put himself in this condition of disobedience. We know the story. We'll get into it in a few minutes. I know you're standing. But here, God did not speak to him. He spoke to the thing that had him. That's wonderful. I know. That's great. He spoke to the thing that had him captivated. He spoke to the thing that had him under their control. He said, listen, fish. Listen, fish. Listen, storm. Listen, depression. Listen, listen. I'm speaking to you. He said, spit that boy out of your mouth. How many need God to speak to your fish? How many need God just to not to speak to you because you know who God is. You know what he's capable of. You know his power. But maybe your situation needs to be reminded that you serve the God of the universe. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I don't want to get too ahead of myself right here. The Bible says that 
And as a direct result of the Lord speaking to the fish, there wasn't a conversation. The fish, the Bible doesn't say the fish spoke back to God. The Bible doesn't speak of a dialogue or a conversation that they had. The Bible says that God spoke to the fish. And as a, direct of work, as, a, as a direct result of the Lord speaking one word, the Bible says the fish did what? Spit him up or vomit him or regurgitated out Jonah upon the dry land. Can you clap your hands one more time for me really hard and really loud? Thank you so very much. You may be seated. If you was at the, uh, the uh, street ministry, uh, they're doing a great job down there. Brother, uh, Pastor Seth, Brother Peter and his team, they're doing a great job. So if you was there, please indulge me again. This is, I started this on Saturday. Hopefully I'll finish it tonight. If not, then you're perhaps here to hear it again when I'm teaching the other Sunday. If I don't finish it then, then I'll probably get it again on the prayer line. So it's just, I, I'm determined. I told Keisha, I'm determined to get all of this out. So it'd be a part one and a part two and three and four. He's still talking about Jonah? Still talking about Jonah. Praise Jesus. I'm going to focus in, if you can, I'm going to focus in on verse seven. Again, as a quick backdrop, I don't have long. I don't plan to keep you long. Uh, maybe just a quick hour. That's it. A quick hour. Don't you hate that when somebody tell you a quick hour? Like, there's no quick hour. So is there a long hour? Is that different than a quick hour and a long hour? But uh, I'm going to focus in on verse 7. If you can focus in on that verse on your electronic device or on your Bible or on the screen. And I'm going to read again for the sake of emphasis. Jonah said this is where he starts his prayer. And this is where he really goes in and really start kind of uh, just traveling or getting into a deep prayer. We call it praying in the spirit. We call it breakthrough. We call it praying through. Whatever you call it or name it or whatever, you know, you want to put a title on it. But this is when Jonah really goes in. Verse 7, he says, when my soul fainted within me, he says, I remembered the Lord. Now, I think we have to get to this point. Now, you, you, we, just for a quick backdrop, let's talk about Jonah for a few seconds here. We know the story. A lot of us know the story of Jonah. The Bible says that God told this prophet to go to Nineveh and preach, and he went the, 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 the exact opposite direction. The Bible says he went to Tarshish. He was going to a different side of the world, and, and uh, um, 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 historians say that uh, Ninevites was a cruel people. They was uh, murderers. They was adulterers. They was liars. They was all of the above. So Jonah, after God speaking to this prophet Jonah, he told Jonah, he said, go and preach verse in, in the first chapter. And, and, and right after that, the Bible says Jonah went the other direction. He did not deem his people worthy enough to hear the words of the Lord. Because, and as you would hear, if we get to it, Jonah knew the Lord was a God of compassion. He was a God of mercy. He was a God not of a second chance only, but repeatedly over and over and over again. So for whatever reasons, the Bible does not explicitly say the reason why Jonah did not want to go to Nineveh, but we know by way of scripture that he did not go, at least not the first time he was told to go. Jonah went the opposite direction. And the Bible says that he was on this ship, he was on this boat, he was on this, 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 this yacht, perhaps, whatever form of travel they was, whatever kind of, 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 of commutation they was using, uh, the Bible says that while they was on this ship, uh, there was a great wind came, there was a great storm came, and we understand who was causing the storm. I just want to give you a quick backdrop before we go into the scriptures, per se. Uh, and so while he was in the, the the, the bottom of the, uh, the boat, I forgot what it's called, the bottom of the ship, 
And while he was down there asleeping, the Bible says that there was a turmoil all around him. There was a turmoil. The boat was shaking. The men was about to lose their lives, and all kind of things was going on. And the Bible says Jonah was asleep. He was asleep. He was <laughs> uh, somehow this did not phase him. He was unaware of what was going on around him. Praise God. And the Bible says that it got to a point where it, you know, the, the maybe the sailors or the storm woke up Jonah because there was so much turmoil going on all around him. Can you imagine somebody being asleep right in the middle of a, a earthquake or perhaps I should say hurricane or tornado or some storm and everybody around them got that, you know, a turmoil and this one person is asleep. Either you are dead or you are insane. There's no way you could be sleeping during this time. And I can just imagine that's how the other men felt about Jonah, felt about Jonah during this time period. So we know that after a while, I don't know how long it went on, maybe for a few hours or minutes, but afterwards, they, Jonah woke up, or they woke him up, and they said, pray to your God and find out why in the world, it, you know, is God causing this ship to be, you know, uh, go back and forth this way. Pray to your God, Jonah. Pray, and, and, at the, and at the same time, we'll pray to our God, and we'll find out why this ship is doing what it's doing. Church, say amen, please. I just want to make sure you all are still awake and attentive here, just for a few minutes. And so the Bible says that during the midst of this, Jonah said, well, we don't really have to cast lots because he was still in tune with God. You know, we can be sometimes in a state of disobedience. We can be in a state of rebelliousness. We can be in a state of, uh, how can I say, going against the will of God, and we can still know what we are supposed to be doing. We can still, we still have realization of what we are supposed to be doing. Why? Because the Bible says, Brother Chance, that the gifts and the callings of God are without repentance, which simply means you can be out of the will of God, out of a right standing or out of relationship with God and still have an ear for what he is saying and what he wants you to do. So the Bible says it, praise God. The Bible says that Jonah knew Without them having to cast lots, pick sheep, I mean, pick two picks or pick, you know, carry, you know, whatever the form they use, Jonah simply said, hey, it's me. Throw me overboard. If you want this ship to survive, if you want this ship to make it, you might as well cast me over because you have no chance of making it against this God. You have no, there is no, there is no uh, uh, opportunity. There is, there is not a chance in the heavens or in the earth that you will go, that you will avail against this God because Jonah knew that there was no failure in God. Jonah knew that once God put his sights on doing something, nothing can stop him him. Nothing could, uh, how can I say, overthrow the will of God. This is this disobedient prophet. He understood this. He said, hey man, throw me overboard. And I remember as a boy reading this story or hearing this story thinking if I was those sailors, I would have immediately, brother, throw him overboard. But I understand this now that I'm older, that they didn't want to get reputation of throwing their sailors overboard. I mean, come on, would you get on the ship and, and the captain told you, hey, man, we just had to throw a couple of guys overboard. You want to, but you welcome to come on. And I, I don't think I would. Pastor Seth uh, fishes a lot. I don't think he would get on the, on a, on a boat with a captain that, that is renowned for throwing his sailors overboard. 
the, the first storm come, okay, you just dump off, we'll make it. No, 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 no. You can't survive. You can't have a business throwing your sailors, throwing those people overboard. So they didn't want that reputation, Brother Mackey. They didn't want people to know that, you know, <laughs> our ship is known for when times get a little hard, we just get rid of them like their baggage and luggages. So they contended with Jonah for a while. They said, no, Jonah, we don't want to do you this way. We don't want that reputation. We don't want to be known for throwing our sailors. Uh, I'm saying sailors. I don't know if that's the right word or not. I, you know, I, we don't want to be known for caring for those that have been entrusted in our care for us to just so without, care, you know, without any concern of their well-being, throw them overboard. So again, I'm not sure how long they went back and forth. I don't know the conversation and dialogue. The Bible doesn't record it, but I know they, come, they came to one quick resolution. And the Bible says that after Jonah spoke there for the second or the third time, he said, uh, 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 the Bible says that they threw him overboard. They ended up casting Jonah out of the, uh, the, out of the vessel or out of the ship, out of the boat in which they was going. And here we have verse 2. Verse 2 comes. And, and I read to you uh, him telling you about his circumstances, his condition, his the, the, the things that are around him. He told you, he tried to describe them to us the best way he could. But verse 7, he kind of gets a little intimate and he goes all the way in without anything, without any reservation at all. He says it like this. He says, when my soul fainted within me. Now you have to understand what he means when it, when it, when it speaks of that word fainting. It's like, it's, it's, it's literally mean to be covered over. It makes reference to the film and darkness that come over um, over the eye and the mind is fainted with exhaustion. In other words, he was completely out of his wits end. He had nothing left. He had been, at this time now, he had been in the fish's belly for at least three days now. And now after being in the fish's belly three days, he finally come to this conclusion. He says that now that my soul is fainted within me, now that I have no options at all, I've tried everything. I tried just to be a man. I, I thought I can use my own ingenuity in this. I thought that I can use my intellect. I thought that I can get by with my education or maybe my, my uh, financial disposition or whatever the case may be. But Jonah said, I tried these things. And after I've tried these things, he said, now my soul is fainted within me. I'm at my wit's end, church. I don't have nowhere else to go. I done borrowed all the money I can from my neighbors. My family don't answer the phone no more when I see my name on the ID. They, because I, I have exerted all of my possibilities. I don't have nowhere else to go, Jonah said. Jonah said, now that my soul has fainted within me, have you ever, um, now maybe I'm talking to about 17 people, I'm not sure, but have you ever got to a, a point in your life where your soul fainted within you? You got to a point where you just didn't know where to go from here. Man, your finances were depleted. Maybe you had a condition in your body. Nobody understood. Nobody could help you. You've been trying. You've been praying. You've been seeking God, but yet you feel like your soul is still fainting within you. I've been doing everything they told me to do. I've been lifting my hands in worship service. I've been running. I've been jumping. I've been skipping, but my soul is still fainting within me. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. Jonah said, now my soul is fainting Within me, I've exhausted all my possibilities. That's, I think now Jonah is in a perfect condition 
this, his situation is leading him to a miraculous uh, thing, or I should say it's leading him to a miracle from God. I am absolutely convinced God can only step in when we realize there is nothing else we can do for ourselves. When we get to a point where you're saying, I know I can't help myself. I know I can't get out of this myself. I know this mountain is too high. This valley is too low. That wall is too deep. I can't make it on my own. I think this is what Jonah is right here. Jonah is realizing that he can't make it, Mark. He said, man, the Philistines ain't got no other. It's okay, Pastor Zepp. It's already sweating itself already. Uh, it, it, there is nowhere else I can go from here. And now he's able to look to God. He says, when my soul fainted within me, he says, I remembered the Lord. They say, and I said this, I shared this Saturday, they said in the year 2008 through 9, or 7 through 9, they said people, more crimes, more criminal activity had taken place almost than ever by a certain group of people, the middle class or the upper middle class. Because they said psychologists and all the medical professionals say that when a person gets to their wit's end, the true them come out then. Yes, who you really are. Yeah, yeah. When you get down to you ain't got nothing left, you ain't got nobody else to turn to, you don't got no more money in the bank, you have depleted all of your resources. Now who you really are comes to the surface. And you fall back to what you think will work. Yes, you fall back to what you feel will work. You go back to your mind or you remember in your mind what pulled you through last time. And perhaps if, if it wasn't God, then, then you resort back to something else. They said people was committing suicide, Brother Corinthian, at an all-time high. People was stealing and robbing and taking things. Why? Because they felt like they didn't have nowhere else to go. They resorted to what they felt like would work. Because we get to that position, you understand, in life. No matter who we are, no matter how long we've been serving God, we get to a point in our life where we go for what we know. I'm just going to go for what I know now. You know, whether it's worshiping, whether it's seeking God, you just go for what you know. You, you, you just you dig deep in yourself and say, I'm sure after, if everything else fails, this would work. So now Jonah is to this point. This is the third day, church, and he's been in this belly of a whale, of, of a fish. And, and we see some historians, some scholars saying that the belly of the fish, I don't know much about these things. I don't fish. But they say the, the belly of this particular fish was acidic. In other words, it had acid on the walls of the stomach of this fish. And, and the reason why God put the acid there is to break down the food on the inside. So they say, I can't prove this to you, but they say that Jonah might have got some facial scars from the acid that was on the inside of this fish's belly. They say his, his skin may have looked like somebody dashed something really hot on it because it took him three days to come to the end of himself. It took him three days to realize that he couldn't wise himself out of this situation he was in. The Bible says on the third day, he said, I remembered the Lord. I remember the Lord. Hallelujah. What in the world do you remember? Just, just ask yourself, what do you 
remember, just 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 don't let this one out. Just just take a few seconds. What do you remember? What do you recall to your mind? In in times of extreme opposition, extreme adversity, what in the world do you remember? What do you recall? What do you know without a shadow of a doubt will work? Let's see how Jeremiah said it in the book of Lamentations. 3 and 21. Thank you, sister. He says it like this. Jeremiah says, this I recall to my mind. This is what I remember Jeremiah said. Therefore, I have hope. Jeremiah said, now you got to understand his predicament. He wasn't standing from the palace. No, no, no. He wasn't standing from some comfortable cushion, therapeutic pillow top bed. No, 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 no. He wasn't saying this while somebody was fanning him with a big fan. He wasn't being fed grapes. No, 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 no. He, he wasn't saying it from some lackadaisical position. No, church. He was facing some extreme things in his life. Jeremiah was facing some extreme things in his life. Let's, let's read about it. Let's just read a few verses here. Praise God. Jeremiah 1, I'm just going to read them real quick and I'm going to go down. Praise God. Jeremiah 3, chapter 1. Jeremiah, this is Jeremiah talking here. Remember the verse he said, we're going to work our way down to what he said. This I recall to my mind and I hope. Let's see his circumstances. Let's see what was going on in his life when he said this. He have a hope. He says, I'm the man that has seen affliction by the, wrath, by the rod of his wrath. He said, he had led me and brought me, brought me into darkness, but not into light. Surely against me is he turned. He has turned his hand against me all the day. My flesh and my skin had he made old. He had broken my bones. He had built it against me and compassed me with gall and travail. Listen, church. He has set me in dark places as they that be dead of old. He had hedged me about that I cannot get out. He had made my chain heavy also when I cry and shout. He shut up my prayer. He had enclosed my ways with a hewn stone. He had made my paths crooked. He was unto me as a bad lion in wait and as a lion in secret places. He had turned aside my ways and pulled me into pieces. He had made me desolate. He had bent his bow and set me as a mark for the arrow. He had caused the arrows of his quiver to enter into my reins, into my secret parts. I was a derision to all my people. In other words, he was made fun of. He was made to be confused to all his people. In their song all the day, he had filled me with bitterness, and, and, and he had made me drunken with wormwood. He had also broken my teeth with gravel stones. He had covered me with ashes, and thou hast removed my soul from off from all from peace. He didn't even have no peace. Hallelujah. He said, I forgot prosperity. And I said, my strength and my hope is perished from the Lord. Just to name a few things. Just to name a few things, Brother Kelly, he was experiencing before he got to saying, ah, 
But this I recall to mind. He wasn't saying that from no comfortable position. All his money was, was, he didn't have some large bank account. His portfolio was not in line. He didn't have the car of his dreams. Maybe he didn't have no car. He didn't have the job of his dreams. His body was in good health. He didn't have his paperwork in order. Absolutely not. He had nobody to turn to. On every position and part of his life, there was extreme adversity. here for a few more minutes. Verse 19. Remembering mine affliction and vanities. Okay. Remember my affliction in my misery. The wormwood and the gall. Can you possibly go through any more? Come on. I mean, is there anything else that could be done to this man, this young man? He said, in my misery, the wormwood in God. I mean, come on, does he sound like he's anguished? Does this sound like his soul has fainted within him? I mean, does it sound like he has any other hope or option at all? Verse 20 says, my soul had them sealed in, in, in remembrance. In other words, his body still had the scars of the things he was suffering. Y'all with me here? My soul had them in remembrance and is humbled in need. These things is, is humbled within me. Kind of sound like Paul when Paul says, always caring about in the body of the flesh of Jesus Christ. All the things that he was suffering. Man, come on. He's talking about wits in. Talking about no option between a heart, uh, what they say, rock and a hard place. I don't know what that looked like. I've never been between a rock and a hard place. I have no idea. But if that's anything but Jeremiah is speaking of, that's some extreme stuff. Somebody say hallelujah anyhow. Verse 21 says, but this I recall to my mind. Hallelujah. He said, therefore I have hope. Sometimes you got to get in your situation. You got to just, just sit down and have a good remember when. Yeah, because sometimes all you're going to have is a remember when. Sometimes your circumstances won't give you no hope. Sometimes things that you're looking at won't give you no hope. Sometimes your situation won't give you no hope. But if you sit down and say, I remember when. I may not have no money in the bank right now. I may be sick in my body right now. But I remember when. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. No, things ain't going right just right now. But I remember when. I remember how God blessed me. I remember how God healed me. I remember how God brought me out. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I remember when. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. You're saying, but brother, you still look sick in your body. But I remember 
when God healed my body when I was a young man. Brother, you ain't got no job. Yeah, but I remember 10 years ago when I came here how God supernaturally provided for me. Yeah, brother, but you, you, you're still walking. Yeah, but I remember when that sister stood up in church and testified about God. I remember how God came through for her. And the Bible says that he have no partiality. He have no respect of person. If God did it for you, if he did it for you, he can do it for me. I remember when. Jeremiah said, I remember when. Sometimes we think, well, Brother Powell, I have never experienced nothing like this before. That's why it's important. I feel I can say this. That's why it's important. When brothers and sisters testify, the Bible says that we are overcomers by the word of our testimony. He told the prophet in Isaiah, whose report will you believe? I may not have experienced what I'm experiencing right now, but I remember hearing my sister stand up and saying how God paid her bills when she didn't have no money. I remember when my daughter stood up and said how God made a way for her when there was no way at all. I remember when the church mother stood up and said, God healed my body. And because God did it for her, because God did it for him, I'm just going to sit down right here with my broke sick self and say, God, I remember, I remember, I remember. Hallelujah. I remember when. Yeah, I do. I remember when. I remember when. I ain't got amnesia. I got pretty decent memories. I, I can remember. And I can call this to my mind. Hallelujah. I remember when. Listen to how one virgin says it. It says, the reason I can still find hope is that I keep this one thing in mind. I like that. Our hope is built on nothing less than Jesus Christ and his righteousness. I dare not trust the sweetest strain, but only leaning on Christ's name. On Christ, that solid rock, I stand. All other grounds are seeking stand. This is what my hope is. This is what my hope is. Not based on my wherewithal, not based on my ingenuity. Not based on my intellect. Not based on how much money we have. Not based on the kind of car I have. Because if I lose that, and if, it, and if my hope is in that, then I have no hope. What is the difference between us and the world? The world put their hope in what they have. We put our hope in who he is. We put our hope not in what we have but in who he is. Hallelujah. Our hope, I feel something stirring here. Not in what we have. Not in our giftedness. 
up because it may come in day when you can't utilize your gifts or your talents or your abilities. If you are leaning on what you can do, if you are basing your hope on how good you sing or how wonderful you are on the instruments or how good you can orate the word of God, if you are basing your hope on your job title, then it is on sinking sand. The writer says, my hope is this. my righteousness, right? In my dear pastor's righteousness. Amen. Let's move forward. He said this, I recall to my mind. What does Jeremiah recall to his mind? What does he revert to, brother, in time of adversity? got to read what this guy was going through. They put this guy in the mud pit to die. They gave him bread and water to, this was a, this was prior to this. In other words, this, this scripture preceded this. That's why it's called the book of Lamentations. He just weeped and cried. You would have thought he had no hope at all. Let's, let's see what he hoped for. Verse 22, sit down, please. It says, it is of the Lord's mercy. It is of the Lord's mercy that we are not consumed. Because his compassions fail not. Thank you, Jesus. They are new every morning. How many need new mercies and compassions every day? Yesterday's compassion is not going to get me to tomorrow. I need new mercies and compassions from the Lord. He says, great is thy faithfulness. What do he hope in? The faithfulness and mercies of God. The Bible says that even when we are not faithful, he remains faithful because he cannot deny himself. Hallelujah. He cannot deny who he is. He is just not a faithful God. He is faithful. He epitomizes. He embodies everything it is. Everything it is to be faithful. He said, even when you are not faithful, I remain who I am. Let me say this real slowly so you get this part. Aren't you happy that his faithfulness is not based on us? Aren't you happy? I mean, can you clap your hands that his faithfulness is not contingent upon our behavior? Maybe it's just for me, Pastor Seth. Maybe it's just for me. Maybe I'm, I'm talking, I'm not sure. Ask my wife. I got a long list. But it's not based on me. No, it's not based on my obedience to him. It's good. We should be obedient. We should be submissive to the will, to the purpose, and the will and purpose and the, and the agenda of God. But it's not based on that church. No, it's not based on that at all. Because the Bible says that before you knew who I was, he said, I loved you. I loved you before you even knew who I was, the Bible says. While you was yet in sin, I died for you. 
His love is not based on our behavior. His, his faithfulness is not based on what we do and do not do. If so, then we would not be here now. Or I should say RC wouldn't be here now. But I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. I'm so thankful. Thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. That your mercies, your compassions are new every morning. I'm wrapping it up. I'm wrapping it up. Hallelujah. Listen to this. There's two, three more verses to read. He said, the Lord is my portion. The Lord is my portion. David says, whom have we in heaven but you? You are our portion. In other words, you are our reward. You are what we look to. You are our portion, Lord. Said my soul, therefore, therefore will I hope in him. Not me. In him. The Lord is good unto them that wait for him. The Lord is good for those who wait for him. The soul that seeketh him. For the soul that seeketh him. It is good that a man should both hope and quietly wait for what? For the salvation of the Lord. Even if it takes three days to get to this salvation. The Bible says that it took Jonah. We're burning back to our text now. It took Jonah three days. I don't know what he was thinking. Man, a fish swallowed me. I'm immediately repeating. For whatever it is, God. Forgive me, God. I'm sorry. If I'm telling you, you by the time the fish ain't even got to get me, guys. I'm just telling you the truth. When they throw me overboard, I'm already speaking in tongues. God, forgive me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. It don't take me long. Man, listen, I, I don't like being on a boat, guys. It, I, I absolutely do not. Man, you throw me out the boat, I don't want to be in the boat. You throw me out the boat, it going to take me three days? Absolutely not. Ain't that much man in me. I'm sorry. I, I immediately lose all my masculinity, all my manness. I'm telling you, it, it, it stays in the boat. It, 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 it don't come with me. It, but the Bible says Jonah went in the, 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 the fish's belly. It went in his mouth. And it took him three days. What in the world? That's not even possible. I don't know what kind of man Jonah was. I'm, I'm just not sure. I, I, it, it wasn't me. I'm telling you, this story would have been all the way different if it was talking about R.C. It wouldn't be no three-day story, church. It would be something miraculous. <laughs> the fish would get me here, spit me back out on the boat. <laughs> Before I get to his stomach, I'm repenting. It just wouldn't took me that long. Jonah in this nasty place, and they, he, uh, 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 I, I drew up a picture on the Internet. And they were showing, and I'm sure there was just somebody drawing art. So excuse me for superimposing upon the text. But it, it, it showed bones in the fish belly. It showed turtles in the, fish, in, in the fish's belly. It showed other fish inside the fish belly. What? I got so scared reading it. I said, oh, God. <laughs> There's no way, Lord, it would take me three days to repent. I just don't see it. I just, I'm telling you. I, man, all of the head would have been shaking. Me crying out to God. 
The Bible says three, four days went by before Jonah decided to recede and wait for the salvation of the Lord. I don't know if he was just playing a wrestling match with God. I don't know if he was in the arm wrestle with God saying, I, I, I'm, I'm going to stand my ground. I ain't going to back down. I, I'm going to show you I ain't going to them Ninevites. I, I ain't going to witness to my neighbor. I ain't going to give a Bible study to my coworker. I ain't going to witness to my brother or my sister. I'm just going to be quiet. I ain't going to say nothing about God. I'm going to go to the same store every day. I ain't going to mention who Jesus is. I'm going to go to my college. I'm going to go to wherever I go. And I ain't going to say who Jesus is because it's just who I am. I, I'm, a, I'm an introvert by nature. So introvert, intro, did I say that word properly? I'm not sure. I'm the kind of person that don't talk a lot. You know, I'm, that's not me. I'm not saying that's me. I'm just talking about the person, perhaps. I'm not that person. But that's, you know, we get in ourselves so easy, and we just try to go against the will of God. And the Bible says that the second day went by. After the second day went by, then he gets to verse 1 in chapter 2. And now he starts telling you about the affliction that he's been suffering and about where the fish been carrying him and how deep he's been going in the belly. I, I, I want to scream at Jonah and say, Repent! But doesn't that sound like us a little bit? Doesn't that remind you of me a little bit? Have you ever went through something, and this is me wrapping it up. Have you ever went through something and knew? I should just surrender to God. But no, I'm, I'm going to try a little bit more. I should, I should just surrender completely to God. I, I know God has a purpose for me. I know there's a will. He has an an objective, he has an, an agenda. There's something he has me for me to do. But I, I, I'm going to try a little bit harder. Maybe I can manipulate myself out of this. Maybe I can twist the right arms. I told my daughter the other week she was here that she felt like she needed to meet the right people in where she lives to get somewhere in life. I said, baby, listen to me very closely. You need a man. <laughs> Let me finish. Please don't stop listening to me right there. I, I, should, even, I should change that. You need a man to bring you salvation. That's the point I was making. Anytime in scripture, God does connect salvation with a man. You know, God, Paul saw a light, then he led him to Ananias. God was dealing with uh, Philip in the desert, then he sent him Philip. I mean, I'm sorry, the Ethiopian eunuch, then he sent him Philip. God was dealing with Cornelius in Acts 10, then he sent him Peter. On and on. I think God was dealing with the jailer in the prison, then he sent him Paul and Silas. So, yes, we need a man to lead us to salvation. And we need a man to preach to us. How can we hear without a preacher? Thank God for our pastor. Amen. But God does not pick our destiny in the strength of another person. Per se. Can I say it that way, Pastor Saint? I think God has given us what we need. It's not based on who you know, what I'm trying to say. Meeting the right people, making the right connections. God will drop us right in the middle of a desert and build a church, build a nation, build a, build a people out of absolutely nothing at all. That's the point I was trying to make, and I forgot my original point now. I absolutely forgot what I was really getting at there. But it took Jonah three days to come to the salvation of God. The Bible says it, it gets down to, uh, uh, in, in the book of Lamentations, he says that salvation, those that wait on it. Now, let's go back to the book of Jonah. We're going to end there. Jonah says this, chapter 5. And it says, and the Lord spake unto the fish. All we need is for the Lord to speak to our situation. I'm through preaching. This is me just talking for a few minutes. All we need is a word from God, not necessarily to us. Not necessarily to us. We need to hear from God. 
We need to hear the preached word of God. We need to read the word of God. The Bible says faith come by hearing and hearing the word of God. Amen. But I need God to speak to my situation specifically and directly. Speak to the thing that's holding me. Pastor Sepp said it so earlier, said it so good earlier tonight. He said, sometimes we could be in suffering something and we feel bound by something. So Jonah had God, or God spoke directly to the fish. Jonah didn't hear it, but he reaped the benefits of it. We don't have to hear God speak to our, the thing that's holding us. But if we are surrendering to God, we get the benefits of it. The benefits of us is us being free from that thing, that bondage, that thing that has us bound. It may not be nothing emotionally. It may be mentally. Bro said we was wrestling with some things or things that we're going through. I'm sorry. Pastor Self said things that we're going through are sometimes emotionally or emotional, I should say. And let's just get real for a few seconds here. Maybe it's financially. We need money in this world. We need money to pay bills with and to pay things that we have to do. The Bible says that when, 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 when the prophet did the miracle for the woman, he said, now go pay those that you owe. He didn't say, okay, now go store the money up. After, immediately, he told them, the first thing you do is go pay your debtors. I think it's in the will of God that we pay those who we owe. So we need money to do these things with. Sometimes God gave us a miracle. I never forget. I never forget. I was telling bro about the miracle. God gave sister a wand. I never forget her testifying about her house. Remember that? And how it got reversed. Wow. Man, what I love to get that letter. Anybody else? Praise the name of Jesus. But God knows that we need these things. The Bible says he knows that we need these things. It's okay. It really is. Maybe it's a car. Lord, I, I'm, I'm tired of walking and catching the bus back and forth. My bike is just wearing out. Need four tires with a motor and a transmission in it. That's, that's not out the will of God for us to be in need of these things. It could be a job. Lord, I just need me some, uh, I mean, I need a job that fits in my schedule. I got children at home. I got a husband at home or a wife at home, whatever your situation is. But Lord, I just need a job that will fit in my church schedule. I want to be in church every Sunday and Wednesday. I, I, I want to be able to participate with, with the things that the local, my local church has going on. So, Lord, I need these things. The Bible says that if we wait for the Lord, God will speak to that fish. He'll speak to your fish, your, your particular. I just, for a few seconds here, you can stay seated. I don't even want us to come to the front if you don't mind. Just stay where you are. But if you can participate with me, please, just close your eyes if you don't mind. And I'm going to turn it over to Pastor Seth in a few seconds. But just as we proceed into this time of prayer, just a few minutes of prayer. Think about the thing that has you bound. Picture your fish, the, the thing that has completely swallowed you up. Whether it's financially, whether it's emotionally, or, 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 or mental, or maybe physical things in your body you need. Loved one you've been praying for to be saved. Just whatever it is, just get it, get that one thing in your mind. Maybe it's two things. But try to just get a picture of it in your mind. Now, can you picture yourself holding it in your hand? I know it's kind of hard. I, I know, but just work with me here. Just picture yourself holding this thing in your hand. Now, 
Imagine how heavy it's been for you. You can't carry it. You, you can't carry it. The Bible said that we should cast all of our cares upon him. For he cares for us. Hallelujah. Ah, so sweet. Oh, mighty God. Oh, mighty God. Hallelujah. Ooh, have your way, Jesus. Hallelujah. Have your way, Jesus. Hallelujah. Oh, hallelujah, Jesus. Oh, yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Yes, Lord. Hallelujah, Jesus. Have your way in me, Jesus. I know you're still holding it in your hand. Just have your way in me. church. Yes, right there. I can't carry this burden no more, Jesus, no. Oh, my God. Right there, church. Right there. Yes, right there. Oh, Jesus. Hallelujah. I can't carry it no more. Hallelujah. I've been here too long, Jesus. I've tried to carry this thing all by myself. All by myself. Oh, all by myself. Oh, my soul fainted within me, oh Lord. My soul fainted within me, oh Lord. Eh. I feel so overwhelmed in this thing, Lord. Eh. Hey, yeah. oh, I feel like if I just take one more step, I can't make it, Lord. Oh. wish someone would just travail right here just for a few seconds out of your own belly because that thing is too hard for you to carry. me in your arms, Jesus. 
I just feel like somebody has been wrapped in the arms. Oh, Jesus. Grab me in your to him can you give it to him right here if you want to stand you can if you want to sit you can if you want to come to the front you can whatever you feel like doing just 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 give it to him right here hallelujah just do whatever you feel like doing i'm not pressuring you whatever you feel like doing just give it to him as jonah did yes i believe by faith that god is speaking to some fish in here yeah Yes, in the name of Jesus, I will not be captivated. I refuse to stay here any longer.
to that secret place. God wants us to come back to him. about his love for you. Come on, that's where we want to remain. We want to stay there. That's right, where I belong. 